Good morning. I would like to take the opportunity to ponder with you a few um, aspects of mindfulness practice. The uh, term mindfulness in English language is, uh, I think, uh, serendipitous coinage by uh, an, an English, or should I say Welsh, uh, Indologist of the century before last, and it has become parlance not just in Buddhist circles, but it has also entered mainstream psychology by now. And as is so often the case, if something becomes popular, it becomes increasingly more difficult to actually talk about what it means. So as mindfulness practitioners, as people practicing in a dharma in which sati or mindfulness is a a central ingredient in development of mind, I think it is good if we clarify to ourselves what it actually is. If I try to boil down in a nutshell what sati, what sati's main function is, then in my own parlance and in my own understanding, this main function is creating relationship. Sati is creating relationship. Mindfulness, before everything else, establishes a type of relationship to the world, to other people, and maybe most importantly, to my own experience. Now some relationships, um, they derive their safety from proximity from things being closed and not going away. Sometimes that safety comes from precisely the opposite, namely that things not coming too close, that what makes me feel safe is to know that you are not coming too close. So relationship um, has many facets. And if we meditate and if we establish sati, then we create a relationship And that relationship generally feels simply normal to us, as feels normal, as feels everything normal we do. But the truth is, there may be quite a variety of things that could feel normal if we did them. But the ones we do are the ones we generally take for granted as the natural, as the unquestionable uh, ways of relating. So one of the patterns in our society is that we are a very visual people. We are highly clued into visual relationship. We we constellate relationship via an analogy of the act of seeing. So I relate to something when I see you. If we translate that into meditative language, that means I go into a relationship to my own experience that is largely based on acts of seeing, investigating, observing, uh, 
seeing through, um, putting in perspective. So if I create a relationship, when I practice sati, on the basis of the sense function of seeing, then this relationship has particular features. It has different features than if I create such a relationship on the act of listening. I relate to myself and to experience differently if I listen than if I see. This is not just some rhetorical, abstract little uh, footnote. Uh, I do believe this is quite tangible and hands-on stuff. Consider the eye as a sense organ. And you know sense organs play an immense role in Buddhist teaching. One way of covering the whole scope of experience is the teaching of the ayatanas, the sense fields. At one end, the sense organ, at the other end, the sense object. So these sense fields are a a crucial aspect of Buddhist teaching. And if we extrapolate from the teaching of the ayatanas that there are many ways of relating to our experience, and we notice that we favor, say, the visual relationship to our experience, then it may be worth looking at some of the other possibilities. It may be worth looking at what do I habitually do. It may be worth finding out, uh, do I actually know that I do that? If I look at something, I have many possibilities. I can open or close my eyes. I can squint. I can focus or I can defocus. I can concentrate, I can possibly turn my head, I can possibly move my eyes. And every visual experience has a very easy distancing possibility. So if I look at something, I easily create context. I easily can put perspective into my angle on looking at it. I can easily distance. Neurologically, I have much more possibilities to distance myself from something I look at than, say, from something I smell. In other words, between what I see and what I smell is a substantial difference in my quality of experience. If my mindfulness practice is based on largely the act of seeing, I will treat my experience in different ways than if I listen to my experience, if I get in touch with my experience, if I sniff out my experience, if I savor or taste my experience. The eye is maybe most, our most aggressive sense. It is the sense that allows us to distance ourselves most uh, stridently. Sometimes that is very useful. If we have to deal with flooding emotions, if we have to deal with um, powerful stimuli, 
the capacity to distance is very useful. It may help us to curb, may help us to gain perspective, may help us to make that one crucial move backward that allows us to stay in our center. Often, however, when our experience is not flooding, when our experience is not immediately threatening, then the visual relationship to my experience may not be the most appropriate one. It may not be the most effective one. If I listen to something, I am in a different place in my body than if I see something. My center shifts upwards when I am in the act of seeing. For a time in my life I have worked with blind people and I was struck by their physical postures, uh, the certain rigor that they all displayed. A rigor that seemed to have a gravitational center in their foreheads, which is strange because they couldn't see. And yet the deficiency of their visual sight still left the shift of intention intact. So I'd like to encourage you to consider how you establish mindfulness, how you establish the relationship called mindfulness to you, your own experience. And if it is possible, create that relationship, not just along the analogy of seeing, but also along the analogy of the other senses. If I look at the teachings of the Buddha, it is obvious that the wisdom faculty is associated with acts of seeing. Yeah? We do vipassana, we have insights, we penetrate, we uh, see with the eye of wisdom and so forth. There's plenty of evidence that the wisdom faculty is associated with the eye. But there are other aspects. Often when there is word of realization, then there are other terms used. The body sense comes into play. Somebody who realizes with his own body yeah, is often a phrase or an idiom used for somebody who has a deep meditative experience that is transformative. The listening faculty is uh, evoked when I understand that a disciple, what we call a disciple, in the language of the Buddha is a hearer. Yeah. So the act of listening and hearing or hearkening is profoundly emphasized in coming up close, paying attention, and giving oneself to something. Consider the difference in your relationship to something you smell and something you see. It's much more easy to dissociate when I see. The things I smell, I am already part of. I am so close that I am in an experience. If I touch, I am at the same time be being touched. When I touch another human being, this other human being touches me. Both of us 
we know that. When I see, this experience is not necessarily mutual. I can see somebody without them seeing me. So the act of seeing has a particular flavor of relationship and it may be worth considering establishing another kind of mindful relationship to my experience than simply along the lines of seeing or observing or scrutinizing. It may be necessary to more deeply listen. It may be necessary to open myself to be touched by something. It may be necessary to inhabit something so deep that I can take up its perfume, that I can take up its odors, that I can take up what it the smells it gives off. So consider, please, your own habitual ways of constellating the relationship called mindfulness. Am I just my own onlooker? Am I feeling safe only when things are observable in a distance? Is that what makes me feel safe? Can I allow to lower myself into a a touch, a tactile kind of experience of relating to myself, entering into something rather than looking at it from a distance. Or paying deep listening attention as I would to a friend. There may be aspects of my experience that need to be tasted. I need to feel the texture of that experience. Consider how this affects you. If you sense that this is weird, or this is a weird way of thinking about mindfulness, or of relating to my own experience, ponder a moment your, um, maybe your resistance, maybe your just disbelief, Just be curious, what do you do when you try to be mindful? When you try to find out what's happening for you, where do you go? And what position does that receiving mind take? So I'd like to leave that with you and hope to deepen that tonight. Thank you.